Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me. We will go ahead and warn our listeners at the time of recording, there are two baseball games going on that we are kind of paying attention to. So if we aren't listening to each other, we apologize. We are, we are uh, full disclaimer, not 100% invested in what each other is saying right now. So that being run, said, one run games and uh, yeah, the Dodgers are currently winning late. They had a major comeback. And mm-hmm. the Braves are up in the top of the ninth. And because then the of Red some Sox are interesting decisions Astros. with the bullpen there for Atlanta. Yeah. Paying attention so. to the script. So I guess we'll the script. We'll say what we want to say about the, the high school football. Yeah. And we won't I, hear what each other have to say. Yeah. I'm guessing the script uh, <laughs> probably didn't involve the three-run home run that Cody Bellinger hit. But oh well. Um, <laughs> let's get to local high school football. Stewart's draft. <laughs> They got a 14-point win against Buffalo Gap. I was there. I saw the game, called the game. I know Leland watched it from home, uh, listened to us for uh, at least part of it, the crunch time of the game. Buffalo Gap was in this ball game, but bad penalties and a scoop and score really killed them. And uh, the Coffee Brothers tag teamed on that fumble. Kyle Coffey forcing. Trenton Coffee recovering and then running it in. Off the ropes, yeah. And, um, <laughs> I, you know, when that play happened, I was kind of like, all right, this is where Stewart's draft will start to run away. But Buffalo, after their credit, hung in. It wasn't yeah, it until a monumentally bad penalty. After a two-point conversion, you get a personal foul uh, after the two-point conversion. And that ended up giving Stewart's draft half the field to put the kind of game ceiling touchdown in the fourth quarter they got it and that buffalo gap couldn't respond yeah those are the two plays i mean i think that turnover scoop six Mm -hmm. is the difference in the game you know that's why draft was going to win that game but they were able to seal it because of the bad penalty when that game was a one score game and so uh yeah you know what i think stewart's draft is a better football team oh yeah so coming out coming out of this game you know going into it after what Buffalo Gap had done against Riverheads, I was like, Gap, you just got to show up and show me that you're ready to, you know, play ball. And they did. So I have my faith restored in Buffalo Gap, even though they've lost two in a row, they won those three in a row before that they lost two teams that I feel are better than them. So I'm not hung up on that. And so I'm optimistic that they can have a successful rest of the way here. The biggest game, the rest of the way for them is that Wilson game. They play Stanton, this week, then they play Wilson, and that's the monumental game that they have left. And then they have Fort Defiance. So two of those, they are the favorite. And the other one, I, you know, is a toss-up or a, someone's a slight favorite. So I, I, I have faith that Buffalo Gap can, is capable of winning that game against Wilson. Is basically what was proven to me in that loss against Stewart's Draft because they did hang around. They did play tough. 
I don't like seeing that penalty. Um, you know, th- there was also the week before. Yeah, there was also an illegal block that was away from the play that was totally unnecessary that negated a big play that I think ended up Buffalo Gap ended up having to punt. Uh, yeah. But the ball would have been like at the 40 yard line of Stewart's draft. And then it was ended up, it, obviously, the penalty is only 15 yards, but ends up being a penalty that is 25 yards and when you factor in the like, lost field position. We talk about this, uh, you know, on air and off, that it just seems to happen out of Buffalo Gap. And yeah. this is crossed coaches. And I just don't, I don't, you know, it's not like these penalties never happen to other teams, but it just seems like these back breaking penalties continually show out show up out there at swope so it's just it's disappointing to see uh but you know i think it's less <laughs> considering the other weeks we've covered buffalo gap uh even last season i think it's less that we see that so hopefully that's headed in the right direction but draft got the win uh we'll talk about powerpoints in a minute that's the big story surrounding uh Stewart's draft uh but that's a that's a good win for them against a solid team and uh they move on yeah it was a much needed win uh they kind of surprisingly uh, did a, what I thought was, especially if they're going to need him later in the year, a good job of balancing Aaron Nice's workload. Uh, He definitely had his carries, but it wasn't Aaron Nice heavy. Yes, he scored uh, three touchdowns, and then the other one was the coffee touchdown. He's been all of their offense the last two weeks. They they had those three weeks off, they've played two weeks now, and he scored every offensive touchdown for them. Well, but what I'm saying is, like, yardage-wise, Grigsby played a big role for them. Uh, yeah, he, he had did a great job carrying the ball. Yep. So I was very impressed yeah. with that. Well, that's good. I think they need I need that they need that that spread workload. That's something, you know, we always turn it back to what Riverheads does, but hey, they're winning a lot. And uh they have that balanced workload. As much as Cade Cook Cash, one week can have a good game. Burton has another game big, Luke Bryan has a big game. You see those different names pop up. So in in yardage wise, workload wise. So uh, that's good for Stewart's draft, and and they'll need that. I mean, this this region is habitable for them. And again, we'll talk powerpoints in a minute. Uh, but they're going to need that that dynamic attack. Moving on, uh, unless you have something else there, because I, no, I, I, I interrupted you enough, I guess. Yeah, um, <laughs> Riverheads Wilson. You were at this game. You called this game. Hey, you, you didn't watch it and listen and follow every text that I or every tweet that I sent out. No, I was at a wedding, <laughs> um, and even if there wasn't a wedding, I kind of knew how this game was going to go anyway. So I probably would have been watching all my bets lose on Saturday. Uh, but well, and sorry, investments. But um, Riverheads <laughs> ended up winning fifty-six to fourteen, and yeah, just not surprising. Yeah, and they were up fifty-six nothing in that ball game. So another game where they held the opponent scoreless in the first half, I, you know, knowing how this game's going to go, I knew Riverheads win. I knew that win going away. Wilson looked terrible. I mean, they were fumbling the ball in the backfield five times that they gave it away in their backfield, just between the center and the quarterback and between the quarterback and the running back, there's five fumbles. And uh, it, it was just hard to, hard to watch. I think coach Casto had a, a quote in the article in the paper that was saying how his team didn't really get any momentum or didn't get any rhythm to their offense. I mean, how can you, when you have seven scoring drives of two plays, four plays, one play, three plays, four plays, one play, one play. I mean, that's three, one play drives, you know, more than half of your scoring was on two plays or less drives. I mean, yeah, you're not going to get rhythm. You're not going to get that machine rolling, 
You're just running down the field. And, and you know, I talk about the defense or the offense just giving the football over to Riverhead's offense. I mean, they get it in short fields so often. So some of those, you know, short play drives is because they're already – they're starting at the 15 twice. And so, yeah, it was just Riverheads did whatever they wanted on both sides of the ball, uh, fell on the football well in the backfield. <laughs> that was their big defensive move was falling on the football. Uh, and then offensively just did a really good job, some really good blocking, uh, even on some plays that got called back because, sadly, there was uh, two or three touchdown plays that were called back because of penalty. And on, on those, I really noticed, you know, good blocking on those as well. So there was multiple big plays happening in this game. And uh, Riverheads really had their blockers in the right position. Uh, you know, it just, it's hard. You can't ignore it. You can't ignore when you watch this game and how sloppy they looked. And I thought they looked bad on Tuesday against Rockbridge. And uh, we were on air, I guess, when that game was going on last week. We were recording. Um, it's just three games in a week just was terrible. And then you got Noel Campbell banged up. He was coming into this game banged up. He left the field unable to walk off the field on his own. And it's just a lot of, uh, for a kid that was already getting a, wor- a lot of workload, here's three games in one week with a lot of load. And uh, they definitely suffered for that. And I'm, that injury is everything to Wilson. I, I'm not saying Skylar Whiting's not a good player. I mean, he had two touchdowns against Riverheads in the fourth quarter, um, which, okay. But, like, I mean, still, he, he, he's running down the field. He can, he's capable. But Wilson's got to have Noah Campbell in the field if they want to do what they want to do the rest of the season. And that's, you know, find a way to get into the playoffs here. And uh, it's going to be tough if they don't have Noah Campbell. So I, I'm really waiting for news this week on that topic. And uh, hopefully he can come back. You know, it wasn't like he left uh, in a worse way. He couldn't walk off the field. But we've seen people come back from injury like that before. So I'm just waiting to kind of see what happens or hear about it before Friday. But that's a major news story for Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I hope he does. And But again, we talked about it. Like, And we talked about it Friday night during the tailgate show on ESPN. But when we're doing high school basketball or high school baseball and a team has three games in a week, we're like, wow, busy week for this team. Now we're talking about football. And it's just not safe. Football is a more physically demanding sport because of just the full-on contact. And you see it. You mentioned it. Noah Campbell has a lot of carries for a single game. Now you're shoving three of those within eight days, and it's just too much. And hopefully he ends up being okay, and it's not too serious. But I'm not going to lie. When you texted me that early in the game, I think it was, that he uh, he's off the field, I was worried about that because I was like, all right, that's not great. Like, that's bad. One, because it's a kid, and I don't want to see any kids get hurt. But two, this is something that could have been avoided by just not doing something that's just out and out, not a smart thing to do, scheduling three games in eight days. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you. And uh, now they got draft next. I mean, it doesn't get any easier here. Like, I know Riverheads we, we put on top, but draft's not that far behind Riverheads. And so, right. yeah, it doesn't really, really get easier. And for a game that I used to think, could potentially be a competitive game. And even after draft was had some weeks off, I thought even more so this could be a competitive game. This last week for Wilson has me doubting that more. I, I, I just, I'm hopeful for the sake of the district that someone can poke up there and, and mess with one of the top two teams. But I have my doubts now. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. I mean, I just don't, I don't think uh, Wilson, I think, Scheduling the three games in eight days was a bad idea. I think now they're going to be trying to just get healthy for Stewart's yeah. draft. 
And unfortunately, you need to be getting some hard work done for that. And Draft is a good team. I don't think Wilson fares well in that ball game. Um, but still focusing on what happened already, let's talk about Fort Stanton. I, one quick Riverheads point, though. We talked about the six carries last week for Caden Cook Cash against Buffalo Gap, and you kind of made the joke of, oh, he was only averaging four yards a carry or whatever it was. And it was a joke. Nine yards well, a carry, he, yeah. He, he only had six carries <laughs> this week for 190 yards. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was more productive in his six carries this week. Uh, and that, but that's the machine. That's, yeah. that's Riverheads offense. So 43 straight wins. They keep counting them. There you go. All right, Stanton Fort. Stanton Fort. So somebody on this podcast said that Fort would win by three scores against Stanton because I just thought Fort was trending in the right direction. I hadn't seen Stanton's offense do much. Stanton's offense still didn't do a whole lot, but they did enough, and they end up winning 21-7, to shutting down Fort with a defensive performance that, I'll be honest, Leland, Stanton's defense has gotten better as the year's gone on, and that's been great for them. That, that's the they've reason they're, they've got three wins is because their defense has played as well as it has. They sh- they were in the ball game against Harrisonburg. They only lost 16 nothing. Um, that was because the offense couldn't get going. But for them, I, I, I kind of come away with this. This is a big win for Coach Phillips because, one, and I think more importantly, it means Stanton's not going to be last place in the district. That's huge for them. But, yeah, that's a great thing, not to, not to be in last. That, that's yeah. abs- I mean, and that's not being smart, but yeah. that is absolutely being serious, that you're, you're building from something. You're not, you know, taking on the world with what you're trying to do. But, I, you know, the defense doesn't surprise me. I think early in the season they had games where the defense performed well or there was scores given up late, which really wasn't on the, you know, complete first-time team defense. But, you know, the Covington game, they, they were – they were up big and forced a bunch of turnovers and did well in that game. And so I was really high on their defense then. And in the page game, they kept them to 15. And I think those were second half points as well. Um, so it's just, you can't, you got to avoid those 47 points to Rockbridge and 51 to Waynesboro. Otherwise their defense looks great. And that's why their, their defensive numbers inflated there. So I, that didn't surprise me as much, I guess. I thought Fort would win, too, in all honesty. Sitting here, being honest, I picked Fort just the same as you did. I didn't pick them just the same because I didn't. Yeah, I you didn't think they would blow them out. 21. Yeah. I thought they Fort would squeak it out, and they'd be in a football game, kind of like the Rockbridge game, something like that. And I thought having been in that close game, they, they would fare better than Stanton because Stanton kind of hasn't had too close of games, really. And, uh, no, Stanton got it done. They scored early. All the scoring came in the first half. Uh, they Chip Crable, our, our uh, host on um, 1240, the boss, he mentioned, hey, they got to find a way to score different and, and do like a trick play or something. And I kind of honestly, when he said that, kind of rolled my eyes at that. But yes, yeah, sure enough, they do a wide receiver, 88 yard touchdown pass uh, from Jaconte Scott, who has had time at quarterback uh, last season. And he throws it to Kate Jackson. So, you know, that connection hooked up and, and that gave him momentum. And, and then the defense just stuck in and. And to credit Fort Defiance, so did theirs. You know, they played a second half against Stanton starters. I mean, it's 21-7. It wasn't Stanton setting everybody down or by any means. Both of those defense locked in. And, and I was – to try to find a positive for Fort Defiance, I was happy to see that, like, they, they didn't give up 40 in this game. You know, a lot of these yeah. losses for Stanton, they give up 40-plus, and, and they didn't do that this week. So I, I do credit them a little bit that they kept their heads to them, even though they were behind – 
they still found a way to to dig in and, and play for something there and, and try to keep it within reach and distance. It's just time time got away from them. They they needed uh, I don't know what they needed, but they they didn't have enough time to come back in that one. So well. But your other note on here is very telling too. I don't know if there was enough time. Like I give yeah. them give them eight quarters. I don't know. But uh, you have on here. You know, it's the fifth time they've scored one time or less in a football game out of seven. Like you can't have that. Yeah, they scored twenty get one in, against Waynesboro in a loss. All those points were late. And then the Rockbridge game, they scored seventeen in a in a defensive battle. So every other game, they've only scored once. And so. They just don't have enough offense. Uh, their defense isn't great. But, hey, we're talking about a one-and-six football team, so what I just said is not surprising. But it's something to build off on the defensive side of the football offense. Yeah, even in your victory, <laughs> you don't even have a lot of offense. So they, they really need a lot of help over there. I, I, I don't even have a, hey, here's something to try, or here's an idea, or here's what I've said. You know, I, I'll leave that to Coach Rolf to figure out. But it's it, it's been a while since they've really had – you know, solid, good offense, or it hasn't been a consistent thing at any time. So, yeah, nine point four points a game. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, the other team that played three games in, they said eight, but I, they played. I don't know. In a week, that's kind of what I've come back to. Yeah, Friday, Tuesday, Friday to me is seven, but I don't know. If that's eight, then the Wilson's nine. It's still it's still too short. So I don't I don't care. It's it's well, too, but too it's, much. It's seven. There are seven days weeks. in a week. It's a number we've all yeah. Come but there's to only accept. there's only one Friday in a week. So if they played on two Fridays, you have to go on to another day. Uh, but that's know. that's fine. Like that's how they're counting. I'm not saying I was I was with your counting all the way. Doesn't I say matter. there's six days off. Three I mean. games shoved into two. Game weeks is too much. I, we don't care how, how yeah. it's mixed up. And, and if you're going to minimize the days like Rockbridge did, uh, I don't like it either. Good for them. They won all three. They didn't play the stiffest competition in Spotswood or Waynesboro. But, hey, they won. Wins are wins. And they got yeah. it done. I'm wondering how they how they go this week. You know, they, they're going to face tougher competition this week, playing up in the Valley District, uh, taking on um, a team of TA, the the, the favorite in the district so I, I wonder coming into that if, if if they're spent or if they're riding high we'll we'll find out pretty quick yeah i i have the same problem i have on rock bridges in that i had on wilson's in i don't think it's smart yeah. to do it there either even though you win the games i still don't think it's smart uh because of the safety aspect but and that's one of those things it can be like play calls in football, right? Like, even if Rockbridge has no injuries from this, doesn't mean it was the right thing to do. Just like when a team, you know, maybe decides to go for it on fourth and 25 from their own five-yard line on the first drive of the game or something, if they converted, it doesn't mean it was the right decision. It just means they got lucky as all get out. So... Um, yeah, that's kind of how I felt, but for the football aspect of it, Waynesboro is not playing well. I mean, they came out looking great. You and I were both high on Waynesboro. We thought this was a team that maybe had a shot at the playoffs, maybe was the fourth best team in the Shenandoah district, which would have put them in the running for a playoff spot in three C. And maybe if they had the right draw could make some noise. Well, 
the Buffalo Gap game happened, and this is a team that just has not recovered. I mean, they have just been getting drubbed every single time out. They got killed by Rockbridge. Playoffs, in my opinion, are dead and gone. You can go ahead and bury those thoughts six feet under because there ain't no way Waynesboro is going to make the playoffs now. With how they're playing, you, that's absolutely accurate. I think technically they, they do control their destiny, but so does Stanton. And so does he, some of the teams. And we'll jump into these uh, rankings right now. But, yeah, because Waynesboro does play TA and Broadway and Spotswood that are all three C teams, I think they can play their way in. But they got to go undefeated. I mean, their playoffs start today. And, and the way they played, absolutely don't see that happening. Um, you know, against Spotswood, I'm very hopeful for them. I'm kind of pleading, please win this game. But I've lost my confidence in Waynesboro for a team that I chose to beat. Buffalo Gap just a couple of weeks ago, I've lost all the confidence because they just haven't looked good in, in places where they, they should look better. And, and not saying they've had to win all those games for me to have that. They've just not played well at all. And it's disappointing. I think that quarterback's pretty good. I don't think we're seeing that. Uh, Barber has got, you know, there's enough film out on Barber. Um, so it's disappointing. But a little bit of it's an improvement from where they've been. And you still got to, you still got to recognize that. Yeah. You can't bury them because two wins is way more than they were even approaching a couple of years ago, uh, two year, two seasons ago. So I, I'm happy for that, but I just think they have the talent there that they could have been a little bit better than that. And they're just learning how to win. And I, I always say it's the hardest thing to do in high school is learning how to win. Well, they're learning and they're, they're learning the hard way right now. Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess you're technically right. If they go 5-5 five and five with the teams they have on their schedule, it's possible. Um, but yeah. just being realistic about it, I, I just don't no, see it. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so what you want to see is Waynesboro just not get blown out. Like, you want to see them be in these games. You want to see a win against Spotswood, first and foremost. But you want to see the TA game be a close game. You want to see the Broadway game be a close game. And... And then you can start to look and go, okay, well, what can we do for next year? And start building on that. And that's what Coach Jarvis has to do with this team. A lot of those players are coming back for Waynesboro. So it, it's not the end of the world if you don't make the playoffs this year with that core. They can build on that. And that's the hope for Waynesboro is that next year, some of these games that are losses will turn into wins. And you can be on the right side of that playoff line next year. Because... I mean, look, I I still don't think a whole lot of the Valley District, but I do think right now it's going to be a bit tough for Waynesboro to find a way. Like you said, I mean, the Buffalo Gap game, I kind of went in there thinking Waynesboro's going to win that game. They got blown out in a way that was a little bit worrying. Um, and then this Rockbridge game, coming off a of bye week, Rockbridge playing their third game in a week, to see it yeah, go like gotta, that, it kind of makes me feel like, all right, maybe maybe Waynesboro isn't all that they're cracked up to be. And you look at the wins, and you're like, okay, Fort and Stanton are the two bottom teams in the Shenandoah District this year. Like, maybe we read a little so, bit too much into that. But so they're better than them, and that's, and that's good. And that's but good yeah, for them. It's, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a their stepping stone. defense has not been good enough. No. And, and their offense... Well, Very one-dimensional. Signs, it, yeah, it's it's just not not doing what it needs to do, but particularly the defense. If they could clean up the defense, I think that would help the offense and and turn into a couple more wins. And uh, it's just not there. But yeah, they're sitting back at thirteenth. 
Uh, moving over to, to ratings here, PowerPoints. They're sitting at 13th. They got a lot of work to do, a lot of missed opportunities, so it's not really worth spending too much time on. The surprise this week is Stanton. They beat a not a great 14. Uh, other teams, Rustburg and, and people, I believe, lost this past week. So Stanton jumps up into the playoff picture. The problem for Stanton is they are heavy underdogs in all the rest of their games. Uh, they played Buffalo Gap this week, and I, I'd say that's probably their best chance at a win. <laughs> Correct? Yes. And then they play Riverheads, and then they play Wilson. So, and so yeah, I just they're underdogs in all of them, uh, particularly the Riverheads. Assuming they lose to Riverheads, they got to have to beat Buffalo Gap this week and Wilson in the final week to get in these playoffs. That's that's what it is. And good good luck winning winning these two or three here. So I just I don't see how that happens with a team that's been as inconsistent as they have been this year. Uh, defensive effort can be great in all three of these games, and they can lose all three of these games just the same. The team that I think is most interesting here is Wilson. Wilson, you know, they have Stewart's draft. They've already played Riverhead, so they have Stewart's draft this week, and then they have Gap next week, and then they close with Stanton. You might just assume a win against Stanton, so they're going to have well, – I really think they're going to have to beat Stewart's draft or Buffalo Gap to feel like they're going to be in these playoffs. Other, I, I don't think there's any way they lose all three and make it. Or, or excuse me, not, if they lose all three, they're out. I don't think they can lose to both Stewart's draft and Gap and feel comfortable that last night that they're going to make it in. I think they're going to have to have a win in one of these games. They're playing Stewart's draft this week. I think it's the harder of the games. But, hey, <laughs> if you can win this week, that gives you a lot of confidence going into a game uh, with Buffalo Gap. But they, they're going to they're gonna have to win one of these for them to have comfort on that final night of the season. Well, let's talk still about that. On. How much comfort is it? I mean, it's they're still sleeping with one eye open. If Noah Campbell can't play, I mean, yeah, I'm worried about Buffalo Gap and Stanton. I I don't necessarily just because the offense has relied so heavily on him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what Wilson's offense looks like without him. I don't like it. The half that I saw him play, well, Skyler Whiting threw, ran off two big touchdowns against Riverhead's third string. But yeah, it's, that's what I'm it's saying though. Same. Like, it's not the same. Okay, yeah. they're not. I'm, I'm seeing a Stanton defense that's improving. The the number one guy for the offense is might not be available that's a problem buffalo gap that's a big Wilson, line that's three weeks away the good thing for that game that you go to stanton quickly there that's three weeks away hopefully Noah Campbell buffalo gaps two weeks like away that. but that's a big line yeah no i i agree with you i'm not arguing <laughs> if noah campbell's out it changes the picture i still would favor them against stanton but yeah that i i worry about them winning either of these two kind of Got to find a win here in one of these two oh, yeah. games. I don't, I, 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 without I, Noah Campbell. That's yeah, tough. and I think you're right. I, I don't think they beat Draft. I already said that, so I'm not going to change my mind in the 10 minutes between. But I don't know if they beat Draft with Noah Campbell. So. No. Um, so I think the playoffs comes down to Buffalo Gap. I, I think if yeah. you lose that game, you're out. And if you win it, maybe you're in. Like, it really depends on what happens with Liberty Bedford. It really depends on what happens with Rustburg. I don't have those two schedules up in front of me to to know, but man, it, this is another team like Waynesboro that went. I went from have a home playoff game to let's we just make have it a home playoff game for Waynesboro. Were we? No, I'm saying for Wilson. Yeah, for Wilson, Waynes, we were. I, what I'm saying, like yeah. Waynesboro, they've dropped off. 
yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in what I was hoping for. Um, for Wilson, I was thinking have a home playoff game. Now I'm thinking just find a way to get in. And you're probably going to play agree. a Seminole District team, and it's have fun being a three C playoff team because you'll be there for one week. Yeah, your hope is to be a five C in the second half of the playoffs and not have to play one of those top three teams the first week, and uh, they'd have to they have to win all three of these games. I think to to do that to be in that yeah. five slot. So, um, hey, you got to take it. You got to take opportunities where you get them, and this week against Stewart Stratton's a big one. They give TA. you some power points. So. <laughs> Yeah, Jumping up to Class 2B, Stewart Draft, they now sit atop Class 2B. Not surprising. I already think they're the best team. Last week, their PowerPoints were all messed up due to forfeits and other things not being sorted out. They do have the forfeit against James River showing, but there's still the Loray uh, confusion. Loray did lose an actual game they played in against East Rock last week. Very surprising. Dropped them from that number one spot down to the fifth spot. I still think they're going to end up with another loss in their column because I they're the ones that canceled the game against Stewart's draft. I don't I don't see how that they don't suffer in that situation. That's just how it's happening all over the state. With I'm wondering if so. I'm wondering if they're saying you had another game lined up and then it didn't happen, so it's no contest. That's what I'm wondering. I don't know. I, mean, I, I think it's still. They'd rather play than take a forfeit. Sure. But yeah. like, they're not in that predicament if it's not Loray calling up and saying. And it, it stinks. It's a pandemic. And no one, but like eventually the world has to move forward. Like we've all been begging for it to do. And then you're going to have to have procedures that still account for COVID. This is one of them. And it's unfortunate, but it is. So I think Stewart Straff will end up having another one in their column, another loss for Loray in that column. But I guess seeing the results from 2B and seeing Stewart's draft jump to the top right there, seeing Central lose, seeing Clark County lose. No, it was Clark County and Strasburg lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Central had already lost. I, I just even more so think Stewart's draft wins this region. I just see them getting that one spot and winning this region. They're going to have to hold off Central for the one spot. Maybe they don't end up with the one spot, but I, I think they beat Central heads up, even at Central. Yeah. So I just still think I, I think Stewart's going to have a first week by and they're going to. I mean, still stuff still got to play out in that bull run district. And that's every other team that's playoff in the playoff spot right now. in those ratings, there's still big games to happen in that district. So. No, you're absolutely right. I, yep. The other thing I want to touch on because of that win for East Rock, I, they're a playoff team right now. <laughs> Suddenly. Because they're only taking six and two B, so that's the other big news. It's not the usual eight, uh, because there's only ten teams. They're only going to take six. So uh, Bull Run District favorite Page County is on the outside looking in. Uh, Buckingham is on the outside looking in right now. But that win for East Rock was huge because of all yeah. the riders they get from Loray as well. Uh, yeah, beating so, Page and Loray in back to back games can really help you. Yeah, so that was big for East Rockingham. And then, I, I, you know, the other thing for draft in that forfeit, this is the other reason they shot from fourth to first. I was looking at the other ratings in the other regions. James River's actually having a pretty good season this year. So not having to... that early in the season that James River wasn't trashed. And you, I dismissed that. it because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy James River. Um, but Stewart's draft, by not having to play him, gets a lot of power points. So yeah. it's good for them. They'd have beat them now. Oh, yeah. 
And I still think they would have beat Larray if they would have played two. So I'm not that. Well, I'm not that worried about true. these. Yeah. So also true. I, like the fact that they are asking for forfeits against teams that canceled on them that I think they'd beat anyway. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't phase me whatsoever. Up in one B, the big story there. Obviously, Riverhead's number one. They have a five point PowerPoint lead up there. It's going to be hard to impact that, even even if somehow Riverheads get surprised along the way. I don't I don't see them dropping out of that one spot. But it's Buffalo Gap. Can they get to that two spot, or can they maintain a three four spot so at least they get to host a playoff game? Uh, of course, getting to that two spot would mean a bye week, and that would be the best, and they'd get to host until the region championship, or I guess the one game before the region championship. So. You know, as we talked about Wilson and their playoff, Gap has a similar kind of thing. They they need to get some wins down the stretch here uh, to to secure that. They have Stanton this week, which they're a favorite in. Then there's that big Wilson game. And then there's Fort Defiance that we would consider that a win. You know, Gap kind of has, they have the one tough game, but it's the less of, they've already got beat by Stuart Straft and Riverhead, so they don't have to do that again. So they have a handleable stretch here they need to use the state game to be ready to play their best football in a week against wilson and find a win there and they could they they're shooting to hope to shoot back into that in that second spot central Lundberg, they have some tough teams ahead of them and i'm not sure where i showed that but they have their last two weeks they have some interesting games so it's something to watch. It's that they have gap does have a chance to get back up to that two spot. Oh, Buckingham and Amelia that they still have on their schedule. Yeah. I don't know where I put this note. It's next to there it Yeah. It's right yeah. above. Sorry. Yeah. Central loon plays bluestone. Who's not good. And then Buckingham is three and one and Amelia who's five and one. So, you know, those aren't automatic wins for them by any means. And so Buffalo gap, if they can go three and O oh down the stretch, I think have a good chance of making up that difference in the, in the ratings there. I think more importantly for Buffalo Gap, it's about, I mean, two's great because then you get to have two home playoff games. That's fantastic. Or, uh, I mean, you get to have one playoff game at home, but. Get the bye. Yeah, the bye. Uh, That's what I was looking for. But if you're the three, you get a home playoff game. And like the two, you won't have to worry about Riverheads until a region championship. If you, I, I think it's almost more important, and I think this is where the Wilson game comes in, holding off a Sussex Central. Because if you drop to that four spot and you have to face Riverheads in a region semifinal, that's going to be the worst-case scenario for Buffalo Gap. I, no matter where these ratings wind up, I was looking at these teams and who they've beaten, who they've played. I watched a little bit of video from uh, Central Lunenburg, I, I just I still look at Buffalo Gap as being the second-best team in this region. So wh- wherever the ratings wind up, that's where I think they are, and I think they'll, they'll win as many games as they can until they face Riverheads. So. Yeah, I'd rather play one or one if I'm a two or two if I'm a three. I, I just don't want to be a four yeah. and play one and then have Riverheads. That's what I don't want. Right. No, I don't. I don't want that. I don't. Want, I. I. I want them both in that region championship. I think it would be speak good for the football in this area. So, we've said many times what these games are this week. It's draft at Wilson. I believe that's where radio is going to be. That's where you're going to be, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now you got Buffalo Gap at Stanton and Fort Defiance at Riverheads. I'll be on the NFHS network for the Riverheads there, uh, but I'll be on the pregame with you guys on the radio. It's homecoming at Riverheads. And then Waynesboro up at Spotswood. I'm just I'm just begging Waynesboro to go win that game at Spotswood. I just, come on, find a win, guys. 
Yeah. Really hope they can find a way to beat Spotswood. Going to volleyball, Fort Defiance continues to be undefeated in volleyball. They are coasting through there. Uh, we in look the district, at district. Yep. We look at Wilson. Yes, undefeated in the Shindo district. Good clarification. Um, Wilson right now is that second place team still. Riverheads just one game behind them. Um, and they have a showdown at the end of the week. This they week. do. Wilson and Riverheads. Busy week for volleyball. Three games in a week. Not as dangerous as three games in football, but you know, still a busy week in volleyball. Seeing as that's not a usual occurrence. Stanton, they're at that three and five with gap and draft. Uh, all those teams, you know, within a game of each other, they're at three and five. Gap's three and six in the district. Uh, draft, two and six in the district. Riverheads and draft. Uh, Stanton, that's who they have is Riverheads and draft. Buffalo Gap has Waynesboro, still looking for their first win. Yeah, and, and Gap, Gap, the problem there is they've lost four or five. The yeah. team that we were giving a lot of credit to early in the season it's it's been a lot harder down the stretch here. They, I mean, it's the tough teams there yeah. and splitting with Riverheads. Hey, the the win was good. That was when we were good on Gap, and then they come back and lose, and that's part of the four or five. Yeah, it's it shows the strength in this district. You can you can be a pretty decent team, which I think Gap is, and you're still looking at yourself in the fifth spot in this district at the moment. Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, Waynesboro, they're looking for their first win. They've got Riverheads Gap. And then if they don't Wilson get it, did win a set, they picked up a set the other Waynesboro. night. So that's something yeah. to build off of. Yeah, Waynesboro. Yep. But if they don't get it against Riverheads or Gap, uh, they play Fort next, and they're not going to get it there. So. Yeah, they've already lost to Riverheads this week, so Gap and Fort left. So. Oh, that's right. They did play tonight. Yep. Yep. I marked one of them, not both of them. <laughs> so for. Uh, competition cheer, we want to touch on that in terms of the Yak Cup. Uh, big winners, no surprise, Stewart's draft. Uh, they've had yeah. a dominant cheer team here recently. They win the district, coached by Tammy Carter. Uh, they are into the 2B championship at East Rock, which is Wednesday, October 27th. Fort Defiance, they go to the 3C region tournament, hosted by Fort. They finish second. Uh, that's on October 23rd. Wilson will be joining them. They finish third. Riverheads, they are in a four-team Class 1 Western sectional. So I'm guessing that means instead of the region, they just, just split a, it into two, a, and they're in the Western sectional, which is on October the 30th. So and congrats then last to those year, top they, four. Last year, they competed with the Class 2 teams after that. Uh, like There was no Class 1 state championship. They, they threw them up with the Class 2, and um, but Riverheads finished the best out of the Class 1 stuff. So And Buffalo Gap comes with them uh, there. I guess, automatic qualifier. So five of the teams out of the district get to go yeah. still compete, which is great. Um, I, I was, I was optimistic though. Like they had quotes from Stanton's coach and uh, Waynesboro's coach. And they both had very positive things about, even though they don't get to move on, they had positive things. Waynesboro hadn't even had a competition cheer team uh, for like the last six years. And so they got out there and didn't, you know, competed, didn't finish last. Great. And that's something to build off. So, yeah. so I think a, a lot, a lot of, Fun was had with that and uh, good competition. And we have plenty of representation moving forward where I expect to see kind of teams at each level advancing out of this next round. Yes, uh, but because the district championship and competition cheer is over, it means we can now update the Yak Cup standings as we have two we fall a, events. Remember, we, we had golf. For this. We, we need a... a, a can noise for this. We yeah. Need a, an alert I'll talk for to our listeners uh, that we're updating the Yakka uh, Cup here. Yeah, talk to Graham. Maybe we can get <laughs> Rob to sponsor it. I don't know. 
Um, but that's actually it's an idea. Yeah. Okay. Well. Hey, Rob. <laughs> yeah, producers meeting. Um, this is us calling you. Yeah, this is us calling you. You're listening. Um, but Wilson, they lead the Yak Cup after fin- winning golf. They finished third in competition cheer. That gives them the best average right now and the best total points right now. They are leading. Stewart's draft is tied with Fort Defiance for second. Uh, so the big competition cheer win put them up there. Fort Defiance on the podium in both sports, third and second place finishes, respectively. Stanton right now, they come in in fourth. Riverheads is fifth. Waynesboro is sixth. And Buffalo Gap right now, seventh. Although we should mention yeah. Riverheads and Waynesboro are tied. And look how important this Wilson-Buffalo Gap game in a week's going to be. You know, Wilson's yes. trying to hold off Stewart's draft. They need every place they can get. Excuse me. They get, And so, I mean, it's an important game. Gap wants to get out of that last spot. I mean, that, that football game's huge coming up. So, every- Yeah, I know Stewart's draft fans. Forget the two be wanting to be the one seed and, you know, finish high in the district and all that. Maybe they the want Buffalo Gap. Game. They want the Yak yeah. Cup. They want Buffalo <laughs> Gap to beat Wilson's football team so it can be another – place of separation and here next wednesday (laughs) is the cross country on the 27th that's when we'll find out we'll have another yak update after that wednesday with the cross country going to be wrapping up around there i think actually volleyball might wrap up at the end of that week too yeah so we might have a double update wow i mean we might have to we got to get a sound and then play it twice i guess uh but yeah we have a lot this is the time of the of the fall season we get to update the yak cup and so uh it's it's interesting here i Wilson's looking good so far, and when you kind of look ahead, you think about it, man, Wilson's really good in those spring sports too. Um, so, yeah, Wilson has a lot of – they have a lead early, and, and I think they have some good points coming late. So teams are going to have to make their move during the winter. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited for it, though. This is great. Graham, maybe get us a little jingle for the Yak Cup, and uh, <laughs> Rob maybe sponsors it. Who knows? Um. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's get dark. Uh, that let's do what Rob wants and get dark. So college football. I believe one of us said that this game was going to go poorly, uh, and it what? did. No, we both did. Us, That's fair. I That's fair. Clearly did. I ripped us apart last week. Fair. And said all these hokey fans. That were like, well, we're still undefeated, isn't it? I ACC. forgot the conversation that's, that's I had my, was not with a Virginia Tech fan yeah. that would this game that's was going to go differently. Yeah, what I just gave you was my impression of you giving an impression of a positive Hokie fan. Was yeah. people saying, oh, you know, we're undefeated in the ACC, we still have something to play for. It's just obvious the best offense in the ACC is coming to town, and as good as our defense can be. Our offense wasn't going to do anything to show up. It was proven in the game, just like I thought. I mean, nothing went differently than I thought. Our offense did nothing. Our defense kept Pittsburgh off the scoreboard for a while in that football game, only allowed them seven points for a long time, kept us in that ball game, and our offense just goes three and out every time, just giving the ball right back to them. Absolutely terrible, frustrating to watch. Just, I, it's just, it, it, it's sad. I'm not used to this as a Tech fan of being negative, of, Things aren't going to go well. And then, sure enough, they didn't. I'm just, I'm not used to this, and it's driving me crazy, and I hate it, and I don't like it. And, ah. Well, your best quarterback's in Knoxville. Clearly. I just, and look, I mean, you know, I mentioned it last week. uh, I'll mention it again. 
maybe Fuente's right. Maybe Burmeister does have some talent that they just haven't been able to unlock. I just don't think he's capable. I don't think this staff is capable. Um, we're not a good football team when he's there. We're not good at short yardage. We're not good at big picture. We're not good at ball game management. We're not good at being prepared. Doesn't matter. You can have a bye week, not have the bye week. It doesn't matter. Personally, I think the more time the players spend around him, the worse it is for him, just because he's just proven that he can't get it done at this level. And, you know, I I just... I don't know. I, I... I, I love your note. I want you to be able to say it, even though it sounds like something I would say. Um, so go ahead and say it, and then I'll play which, off which of it. Which note? I, I was trying with a couple of them. That one. Nope. I, this is a conversation you and we had yeah. with, uh, with Chip <laughs> Crable from 12th yeah. yeah. and, and And he was talking about a play. And we were talking high school level and talking about a team being tough or not being tough enough. We don't need to get into which team we're talking about. But I just watched Virginia Tech, and it's like, how? What do you do to make a team tougher? Because we're not tough. It's certainly not, you know, posting the word grit all over the place and slam it on the front of your helmet. Grit means nothing when you play with no grit. Tough as nails. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can just put a big old nail on their helmet, sticking out of it like the dude in Happy Gilmore. Oh, those guys are tough. They got a nail coming out of their head. No, we're not tough. You can post anything you want on the front of our helmet, and we are, are going to be soft. We're not going to push people around and get in the end zone. We're not going to stop people from getting fourth and one. We're not going to do anything that represents grit. And that's what drives me more crazy about this thing. I've never actually liked it. I, I have people around me that do. They think it's cool. I, I just I never have seen <laughs> grit from this team, so it's hard for me to buy into grit. You know, winning. I'd like winning post on our helmet it would mean the same thing because we don't do that either we're, we're not good at football Justin Fuente is not a good football coach and he needs to be gone and I've accepted this I've accepted that he is going to be fired I've accepted that we're not good and I someone asked me today well what what could he do to, to, to keep his job like what do you think he could do to keep his job and I said went out not only does he have to go undefeated the rest of the way He's going to have to make sure Pittsburgh loses twice so that we can get in the ACC championship game. We have to win the ACC and win a bowl game for me. We have to go undefeated the rest of the way and, and win the ACC included for that to, for me to say, okay, don't fire the man because he's worked miracles if that happens. So I, I will take a miracle worker. I'll, I'll have some questions. Why, why don't you do this sooner? Well, you know, why is all of a sudden now you can play good? But you know what? I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight because I don't have to worry about this happening. Where you, you know, I'm, I'm worried about beating Syracuse, much less what Pittsburgh's going to do to lose two games. I'm worried about beating Syracuse. Yeah. Sy- We're talking about Syracuse. It's been a long time Syracuse. since we've been worried about I'm Syracuse. I'm worried about losing to Syracuse. I know we lose to Syracuse. I know we have done it, but I've never been worried about it. Yeah. I am worried about losing to Syracuse. Al and Iverson's talking about practice. I'm talking about Syracuse. We're worried about Syracuse. Yeah, we're not talking about Miami. We're talking about Syracuse. <laughs> like, we're not talking about the U. We're not talking about the U. We're talking about Syracuse. We're talking about the Qs. <laughs> not even have they there. We're yeah. talking about the Qs. Yeah, we're not talking we're about talking the U. About a big we're talking about the Qs. Orange with blue arms and legs waddling around the field. We're worried about losing Dancing. to those guys. Yeah, and we're not Jim talking Bayheim. about basketball. We're talking about football. Yeah. Jim Beheim ain't coming out that tunnel yeah. for that football game. He coaches that team in that building. 
but they play on some hardwood. Yeah, Donovan McNabb ain't coming through that door. <laughs> which we are ranked. We are preseason ranked in basketball ahead of those guys, which I like Good. very much. But that's the real Virginia Tech sport, that and soccer. But yeah, Syracuse. I'm worried about beating Syracuse, and that's where Virginia Tech football is. Because then I'll be worried about losing to Georgia Tech, and then I'll be worried about losing to Boston College. This is three straight losses I'm worried about. And each one of them, I'm more and more worried. Well, because it means we're worse and worse. Um, but fire him today. We are wasting. We're wasting our time every minute. I, I guess. I guess I don't mean that because it's more expensive to fire him. Today I was going to say that's ever. why they and won't what do does it today. today. Really get you right now. It's not like we're going to go catch Orgeron right now. Yeah, not we're not going to go hire like, him. We're so, not going to yeah. go find the next guy in the middle of this season. So we're going to fire in the second week of December. That's fine, but it's got to happen. Yeah. I like Whit Babcock. If he does not fire this man in December, no matter what happens now, unless we're undefeated between now and then and win the ACC, which is impossible, just to be clear to anybody listening, I know that's impossible. This man has got to get fired, and if he doesn't fire him, then I'm down on Whit Babcock. He's had a pass for me up until now, but he's got to do it. Yep. This is it. I agree. And I agree with your bit on grit. Um, I... You well, know, got me fired up. You better, you better agree. The with only <laughs> the uh, the other thing that they used to have, and I haven't seen it as much this year, maybe because people made fun of them about that. Uh, well, that one to know, but we don't go one to know either. No, uh, but hard hat <laughs> mentality. I haven't seen that this oh, year either. Yes, that was the grit before there was grit. Yeah, You're that like, was. We need grit we need before a four grit. letter word that means hard hat mentality. But yeah. Wow, there's a four letter word for the way we play. It rhymes with grit, but. It's not podcast appropriate. He's getting a root canal, and he's like, that's gritty. Ooh, I'm going to use that word. Yeah, it's not podcast appropriate, the word I want to use for how we play. But, I mean, I'm with you. and it's Dog poo. Sure. Um, But it's... (sighs) (laughs) I mean... Uh, Yes. I I don't know. I don't know exactly. what to say that you haven't already you said. And I just laugh. And I'm thinking about the stuff that you and I talked about during that Notre Dame game that we definitely, I mean, it's not broadcast appropriate. But it's just, they're not good. And the more I see of this team, the more painfully obvious it is. And it without fail, like the Fuente defenders and the just always positive people like look hats off to them because they've got more optimism than I could ever dream of having in life. I'm optimistic and these guys drive me nuts. Yeah. They have more optimism than I could ever hope to have in life. Like I think you could take all the optimism I've ever had about everything in the world, distill it down to a liquid and it doesn't equal as much optimism as these people have about Justin Fuente. Like I don't get it. And so, and maybe some of it is like, well, I love Virginia Tech, and I'm never going to say anything bad about Virginia Tech. Like, okay, well, then you don't actually love Virginia Tech. You like Virginia Tech. Because to be able to love something. They're annoying as crap sometimes. Yeah, to be able to to love something, you have to be able to recognize its faults. I recognize the faults of Virginia Tech. Do I still root for them? Yeah. Do I want them to get rid of those very obvious faults? Absolutely. And if you, it's like the people who always, and it drives me nuts, and maybe this is going to touch on your toes, I don't know. But the people, when you say, oh, well, if you could go back in time and change something, what would you change? And they're like, I wouldn't change anything. No regrets. And I'm like, then you've learned nothing. Like, you've learned nothing in life. Because if you had the ability, 
everything you know now, and you could go back and change one thing, and you still wouldn't change anything, you've learned nothing in my mind. And so it's so frustrating. It's like these people, what would you change? I wouldn't change anything. I love Fuente and Cornelson. They're trying their best. Oh, well, gosh darn. If that's all they're doing, I'm sorry. I thought they weren't trying their best. Like you said, though, grit. I mean, grit is you have the ball first and goal at the five-yard line, and you score touchdowns. Like, not zero points yeah. multiple times. Yeah, or get bailed out with pass interference calls. Yeah, if you're, if you're like grit, sixth attempt your post, yeah, your, your weekly press conference, you're not talking about how bad you are at short yardage situations, which, wow. Or, Breaking news. We also, ca- the sky we is We came not prepared. We weren't prepared. That's on me. That's then get out. Then yeah, get out. That's your. That's literally like your job right now. That's literally your job. Oh, you came and you weren't prepared. Then get out. Some of us are prepared. He's I not, saw it coming. Yeah, dude, I saw it coming. I sit on my couch and watch the game like an idiot. I really don't know the intricacies of college football near to the extent of anybody that should be paid to do that, like Fuente is. And apparently, I know more than him. Apparently. I've just because never seen I saw this coming. I, I've just never seen a guy basically admit he's not doing his job more than him. Yearly. Yearly. Once a year, at least we get it. The Richmond game. Oh, we weren't really Duke. paying attention. Duke. We weren't Duke. really Oh yeah, the Duke game when we're not on their level. Okay, well then you're fired because we are actually better yeah. than them. Um the the Richmond game this year. Oh, we weren't really I wasn't really paying attention when we put him in. That yeah, situation. We'll just throw a guy in. It's Smart. his time for snaps. Equal play in time. We weren't really paying attention to the situation when we put him in. Okay, that's done. Uh, and then this week, staff, we weren't we prepared. We weren't prepared. Uh, you know, I've said my offensive coordinator is no one's better at outlining the minutia and ironing out details. And then three weeks later, well, we're just not very good at short yardage situations. Okay, well, that's what he's supposed to be fixing. Also, the best person we've ever had on offense is no longer in the program. That assistant coach we brought in, his name's escaping me, uh, used to be at Minnesota. Jerry is his first oh, name. Oh, Fickle. Well, he left. No, not Fickle. Uh, not Fickle. Uh, but uh, Jerry, Jerry Kill. Jerry yeah, Kill. Jerry Kill. He left. He left, though. He was the smartest yeah. person we ever had on that staff. I mean, I think you could have taken the rest of inte- the intelligence on the staff together, and it doesn't equal what he knew about football. I think that guy, I think that guy's forgotten more about football than they'll ever know. Like I, the re, especially on the offensive staff. That offensive staff might be the worst in the country. It's bad. It's historically bad. That brings up a conversation I had today. Was like, well, you know, I'm not down on Jay Ham. You know what? I'm really not specifically down on Jay Ham. I don't think the defense played absolutely terrible this past game. They but, got put in a lot of bad situations. But we're at scorched earth time. Yes, we're at wipe this out and get rid of it. We had our time where our coach voluntarily left a program that he had built and we did everything we could and wit worked his magic and all the credit in the world to him making that happen, keeping Bud Foster in play. Jay Ham is not Bud Foster. And and you know what? It I won't love it when Jay Ham goes somewhere else and can sit and can, and continues to get better as a defensive coach and one day is a very probably fine South Carolina. Coach. Yeah. Probably maybe. And 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 good for him. You know, I will actually think good for him. I won't love it, but I'll think good for him. But we're in sports turn. We got it. We just got to scrap it. We we tried to have the approach of keep what Beamer had and keep it all together, and we burn it to the ground. And you don't start building from ashes. You don't start gluing ashes together. 
you got to just get the dump truck, shovel this crap out the way, dig new footers, and build up. Yeah, yeah. If you're telling me, like, the only way to keep Jay Ham is to keep Fuente, then I'm sorry, Jay Ham, but you got to go. <laughs> just... no, and I'm like, I'm not even pushing to keep him, period. Like, I. I would think it's weird if we keep him, honestly. Like, I think, go get a head I think if the new coach comes in and likes him and wants to keep him, that's fine. But you don't tell the new coach you've got to keep this guy. No. You don't. And I just – I want a coach, though, that that has a better system, has a better group of guys, has guys that will follow him here, has a defense that he believes in. I, I want a coach of that level. I don't want – well, I'm coming up from little old Memphis, and I need someone to tell me who my defensive coordinator – no, I don't – I want – I want, <laughs> I want, even if they're young, even if they are a coach at a smaller school, I want someone with the confidence enough to say, no, this is my program. You're hiring me. You're getting my decisions. We're coming in with this. I, I love this program of what it was in the past with Coach Beamer, but you've had your transition time. That's over. It's my time now. It's the Leela McRae show. We're coming in with Joe Deck, defensive coordinator, oh. and let's do this thing. I don't need to worry about what what what's happened here before because anything that i'm dealing with from before is ashes and it's terrible so we're going to do it my way and we're not going to be disrespectful to beamer obviously but we can we can stop with the 25 jersey we can stop with some of this other stuff i agree i actually agree with that i think it's disrespectful to frank beamer i think it's disrespectful to frank beamer to tie him in any way to this program right now i think everything that he built i think everything that he built is just being ransack ransack right now like i think it's like the robbers have come in and trashed the house and just totally disrespected it justin fuente is going to tear this program down to where frank beamer walked in like frank beamer walked in this program was nothing fuente is going to do that i i just i you don't look at this virginia tech schedule and go yeah that's definitely a win like maybe duke duke's okay duke but Syracuse, Georgia Tech, Boston College, we might lose all three of those. Miami, who knows? UVA, who knows? What do you mean, who knows? How the hell are we going to beat it? We don't score points. you got to score points to win. Yeah, we can keep people off the board, but someone's going to get in the end zone. When our quarterback throws it to their team and they go into the end zone, we can't blame that on our defense. we got to score points to win. we got to get the ball inside the red zone and then actually score. we got to get the ball on the doorstep of the goal line and actually school. I had like, you just listen off teams and said, who knows? We hope to beat Duke. The rest, I, I have high doubts. Syracuse is maybe a little bit of a hope, but we're losing to Georgia tech. Like what? Well, and I told you this, I told you this when the bowl streak died last year, that was the worst thing that could happen to Virginia tech. That was, that was what their identity was, was that bowl streak. Now what, what is Virginia tech? Continued excellence. We're, now what are they? Ashes, They're grit. Ashes. We all fall down. Get real. It's time to fire Fuente. Yeah, Get real. To. It's we time. Like that's what it. That's what grit stands for. Get real. It's time to fire Fuente. <laughs> like, get rid of him. That's good. I Billy Schmurda. Yeah. Get real. It's time. Like, stop. Stop with the nonsensical. Like, all day love fest. Like, it's time to wake up. What's the day that the contract changes? I think it's December 10th. 
countdown to that day. That's that's what we need on our helmet. Every Saturday we show up with <laughs> the seven days. Each week it's down seven days. <laughs> Maybe that's what the they should have like, like another clock in Lane Stadium and it's just like ticking down to midnight on December tenth. Like, on, on UVA, UVA game day, it's just seven, <laughs> you have seven days. <laughs> oh, my. That's what they need. Because this guy's just, I mean, it's just painfully obvious. It's just so frustrating to watch that game, collect myself hours later. Can I be honest? I'm surprised they only lost by 21. <laughs> like, I thought that was going to be worse. That's why I'm trying to give a little bit of credit to the defense because that's, that, that's the reason. Yeah. And plus, they 10-minute drove in fourth quarter. They drove the ball for 10 minutes. We couldn't stop them for 10 minutes, and they just wound the clock down. They were just satisfied with the beating that occurred. But it's frustrating to watch that game, finally collect myself, turn on some more football, and I turn on this football to South Carolina, and Shane Beamer, who every day looks more and more like his dad, and here he is with his – you know, at the time, three and three football team, not any different record than us, driving down the field with his offense, scoring points, winning a football game, having a good time, happy. They're four and three. That's not a great record, but there's optimism. It's happy. I like it just at some point you got to be good and, and have hope. And we have no hope right now. They're four no and three playing actual good football teams. We're sure. three and three playing but, a bunch of phonies. And, and I agree. But even if we just had hope, if we had that positive, if we, if we could put ourselves in a position to win a game and actually do it, and then there's a celebratory post-game interview where he just seems so happy to beat a bad team. Like, we don't, we don't have any of that hope. We don't have any of that hope. Did it make you feel any better win. watching a quarterback that, week. that used to be at Virginia Tech try to win the game against Ole Miss, a ranked opponent, at the end of the year? I, or at the end of the game? Yeah. I watched until the fans didn't let me watch it anymore with uh, the, that was <laughs> the half an hour yeah. delay. But, yeah, Tennessee, I watched that game. And Hinton Hooker playing his heart out for that team and doing everything he can and making plays and playing until he's hurt, too hurt to walk off the field. And, yeah, I wish we had that kind of grit. That's grit. That's grit right there. Playing Ole Miss, whose offense is running up and down the field on you, you're managing your offense to keep up with that mess. And – you do it until you are get carried off the field. That's great. And I'm not, and honestly, Burmeister's a bit hurt and he's playing through some toughness. So I'm not completely trashing that he doesn't have a little bit of toughness in him. We should just have a better option. We should say, hey, 60% of Burmeister here, we have somebody better in our room here that can come in and play for you. But we don't have that because we chase them all out. We chase I think, all our quarterback talent. Yeah, but I think you see, like, Hinden Hooker's in a different team now, and all of a sudden he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. he's being well coached. Yeah. And, and this is a guy who couldn't get on the field ahead of Ryan Willis. Get real. This goes back to – these are the same people. The same people that are defending Fuente, though, are the same ones defending Ryan Willis before. They don't know anything about football. They just know – they live their life in a maroon and orange glasses and – just can't see anything that's right in front of their face. Like Ryan Willis, when your coach said, we think Ryan Willis is better than Hinden Hooker, that is criminal, criminally negligent. You should be fired for even saying that and meaning it. Like in a press conference to say, Ryan Willis is one of our best options to get on the field. Okay, you're fired. Quincy Patterson was better. Hendon Hooker was better. 
you're fired for being dumb. He has five. Quincy Patterson has five touchdowns in six games. He has thrown for eight, 700 yards. Yeah, I mean, he's doing just fine up there. He should be in our room. He should be an option for us. Yeah. He said you run him out of town. Well, but that's because, manage, like. Manage a roster. He Keep can't. talent on your program. He can't. He can't manage. Well, I don't think he knows what talent is. Like, even when it's in his room, I don't think he recognizes it. This is what you and I talk about, talked about before. And this is what frustrated me before. He has better options, and he doesn't know. What was it when uh, we lost to ODU? Hendon Hooker was on the team. I said his best quarterback is his third-string quarterback. Hendon Hooker finally got tired of being told he's not good enough to play in Blacksburg. Instead, he goes to Tennessee, and now he's lighting it up as one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Or, or you got your running back. So I can't too. wait. Yeah, I just can't wait because all these people, when these people transfer to Tech, oh, it's their problem. They weren't good enough to be here. Okay, well, what, what is it with Hendon Hooker? Because he's better than anyone we've had the entire time Justin Fuente's been a head coach. He's all one of the best quarterbacks to coach. ever play in Blacksburg. Period. He just He's, didn't do it when he was here because our coach yeah. is an absolute clown show. There's still plenty of guys I put ahead of him, sure. Like, he's, he's far better than anybody that's been here in the recent years. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I think what he's doing at Tennessee, I think he would be better than some of those guys. I think he's right up there with Tyrod and Brian Randall with what he's accomplishing at Tennessee. Well, I think he's better than Brian Randall, but I think he's I'll right up there to with Brian Tyrod. Randall. I'll listen to Brian Randall, but... And Brian Randall lot of, brought a lot of – it's just hard. It's, it's a, we're getting away from apples to apples with the coach. Like, I mean, what Brian Randall was for this team, you know. But, uh, yeah, the talent. The talent is great, and it's there. And um, I think Tyrod's talent is probably still – I would say Tyrod's numbers better, were, aren't – I don't he, think Tyrod's yeah. numbers are what Hendon Hooker's are right now. Yeah, I, Tyrod, Tyrod brought a lot of talent. But I, I wasn't a huge I'm not, guy. And that's here, not me but, poo-pooing Tyrod. Yeah. I'm not quick to, to just blindly agree with that, but I, I, it's a conversation, and that's saying something, we, that we let that get away from our team, that we pushed him out the door. Oh, I want Burmeister. I want this Oregon, you know, this kid that they didn't want in Oregon anymore. I, yeah. And I think it just, I don't know. Part of me is also like, you know, you, you and I joked when we watched the Oklahoma game, the kid that was behind Spencer Rattler is from Washington, D.C. Why couldn't we go recruit that kid? I don't think that kid would be what he is at Oklahoma if he was here. I think that's part of the problem. I think it's kind of like the New York Jets, right? How they must feel well, about yeah. their quarterback situation. Go to that. Go to that coach that produces Heisman Trophy winners. That that's probably what that dude said in his living room. Like, hey, yeah, see all these Heisman guys. Yeah, come be that. I, I, it's probably like how New York Jets fans feel whenever they draft a quarterback, and then somebody else in that quarterback class ends up being better, and they're like, man, why didn't we take that guy instead? I just think if you had that guy, then he would be what you have. Like, I just think with as long as Fuente and Cornelson. And that staff are the, is the staff that's in Blacksburg. I think it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. I just don't think they're going to be as good as they could possibly be because I don't think they're good at their jobs. Well, we got to move this conversation along because this won't be the last week we talk on it. Hopefully, we go a little bit lighter on it next week. Uh, hopefully, we just win a game and we don't have wow. aren't as motivated to just trash ourselves as bad as we. Are. We're not good though. He needs to be fired. Nothing's going to make me change that. Nothing that's realistically going to happen. Between now and December 10th, it's going to realistically change that. UVA, they won 48 to nothing over Duke. That's why I think we can still beat Duke because I don't think a lot of UVA, I know they're sitting at five and two, but a lot of those fives are not that impressive to me. 
probably still better than us, but I just don't think they're that great. But to absolutely trash Duke like that, hey, that's what you're supposed to do to a team like Duke. And that's not something we'll do to Duke. So there you go. Armstrong, uh, 25 for 45, 364. That's why I wrote the stats. 364 yards, two touchdowns. He's, he has a lot of good games. He has more good games than bad games, that's for sure. And so that must be pretty nice. They play at Georgia Tech this week. I would assume Georgia Tech wins that game. UVA fans from sta- from Virginia won't be able to watch it since it's on ACC Network. Yeah. JMU, they play at Richmond. They they gritted out a nineteen to three win over JMU. One touchdown was scored in the football game. Bunch of field goals. Otherwise, they improved to five and one. They stay at ranked eighth after losing a week ago to Villanova. We didn't even talk about that game a week ago. Uh, cause we spent a lot of time talking about the loss that Virginia Tech was about to have. Um, as much as Kurt Signetti, however he wants to spin it, that's a hugely disappointing loss for a team of JMU stature. I mean, they're, they're talking about, you know, perennial being the best in the nation and being a top three team all the time, winning the CAA, going to lose an ability. I mean, that's, that's not good. I mean, you can, you can try to brush that off Signetti, but it's not good. Well, they might lose to CAA now. Like, they might not win the CAA, yeah, which would be exactly. bad for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game, and they didn't you, play well. They missed kicks. They didn't go for it on fourth down when they should have, in my opinion, the first time. And then I think we did touch on it a little bit because I do remember having this conversation. But maybe maybe we, we did not talk about it last week on the podcast because we got done recording the podcast. We said, oh, crap. We didn't oh, that's right. Game. Yeah, they should have gone for it on the first <laughs> fourth down. You're right. They should have gone for it on the first fourth down, and they decided not to, which I thought was a bad decision. And then the second one, I mean, man, missing field goals left and right. Yeah. but He's a good kicker, and he's, he lost yeah. his mind. Well, he was special teams player of the week again this week, so um, good for him. But That's the, the don't jump award. I, I just, um, yeah, 19-3 win against Richmond is also just not very good, in my opinion. The offense isn't playing well. Well, now they get Delaware, right? Yeah, Delaware, who's ranked 23. None of us will watch that because it's on Flow Sports. So yeah. it could be worse than ACC Network not being on Comcast, but yeah. Uh, the other games that of note this weekend, Georgia beat up on Kentucky as predicted. The surpriser, Purdue, knocking off number two, Iowa. This is why I wasn't – I like, think – yeah, was I was going to say, I said Iowa wouldn't beat Penn State if their nah. starter played the whole game. At yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't think Iowa was going to carry on. So it just surprised me to lose to Purdue the next week at home. Uh, you know, it's tough to do that in front of all the kids up there. But the Purdue coming in there and beating them already this week did surprise me. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I didn't – last week when we watched Iowa win against Penn State, it was a great game, fun to watch. But I did have that feeling like, man, I think the better team that, you know, the team that maybe had a chance of really representing the Big Ten just missed out here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I still think that. But – They'll still find a way to get a Big Ten team in there. Doesn't matter what happens. Well, their name's going to be Ohio State, but yeah. Yep. Well, and I mean, if they, I mean, they win, the, if they win all the rest, of, oh, they lost is to Oregon, so they they yep. control their destiny easily. They do. Cincinnati smoked UCF fifty six twenty one. The reason I wrote this down, you're just going to need to see a lot of scores from that for Cincinnati the rest of the way. They moved up to two in the rankings from Sunday. When is the first college football playoff ranking? It's got to be up. soon. Yeah. You think we'd know. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati just needs to beat 
they need to put 50 up every week. That's that's what they need to do. They just need to absolutely demolish teams so they can make the case that they're so much superior to everybody they're playing. Um, that's their hope. And, I, and I'm, I'm definitely at the point, and I've been at the point, that I want them to do that. So, Yeah, I hope Ella, uh, Cincinnati finds a way to get in, and that would be big for them. And, of course, you have the American making news this week as well, taking six Conference USA teams. Did they take any CAA teams? No. Oh, huh. Surprising. It looks like I saw someone. It just looks like I was hoping Sunbelt for JMU, but I think I think they still get that. I think they uh, I think that's only there. if the Sunbelt expands, and I don't know if they will now. I they didn't lose anybody to the American. I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that they'll go to Sunbelt. I think it might be Conference USA or nothing. What stinks about Conference USA is they're getting shut out by ESPN so bad. So, um, CBS Sports is still better than Flow Sports, but yeah, that is better. Anything's better than Flow Sports. I do want to circle back to the Tennessee. It was just ugly at the end of that game, and I think it's gotten washed over this week. It just seems like it's a, a you know, pass off byline there, but it was ugly at the end of that game. The fans, you know, you get shut out of these stadiums for a year, fans, and not that I've got to go back. But let's act like we've been there before. Let's act like we're happy to have it. Let's act like we deserve to be there. Like, don't be a part of the game. Your voice is all you can do to be a part of the game. You cannot throw stuff on the field. Like, what are we doing? And this isn't the only instance that we've seen of fan behavior being bad since coming back from this pandemic. We've seen some NBA incidents and stuff like that. Just come on. Just And they're blaming it all on the students. I saw a lot of camera angles that were not just student sections that was being involved here. So just overall, like, what are we doing? I know no one that was at well, that Well, they kicked the student section podcast. out at one point, and it was still happening. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was special when they take the band off the field. They take the cheerleaders off the field. They take the dance team off the field. But they're like, hey, Ole Miss, just stay here a second. I'm like, who do you think they're throwing the stuff at? Yeah, they're not throwing <laughs> it at those people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. I thought, honestly, I thought they should have just ejected the whole crowd. I thought they should have put yeah. the teams in the locker room. Don't actually call the game, but just act like the yeah. game you're calling the game. Get out. Have them leave. Talk to ESPN and say, don't go anywhere. Um, kick all the fans out, and then have the teams back on the field. Play it out. Yeah. That's I, how I they should have handled it. With another incident or two like that, in the short term, I think you'll start seeing policies set up to where they're ready for something like that. You know, I, I don't know if they have the security guards and the and the staff ready to do that, but it's I, I sad think that we're some, yeah, it's sad that we even have to talk about this because again, yeah, like you said, very. people should be adults, but you shouldn't be doing that. And what a stadium! I mean, that's a hundred thousand people in that stadium. It's Tennessee. They're not great. They're in a big primetime game. There's a moment, and ugh, just to look like that, I, I'd be so embarrassed. But. It's just I'm not, I'm not gonna try to hold that against them, but it's gonna it's gonna weigh in my mind. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, Ed Orgeron out at LSU after the season. Uh, I assume if they lose a game or two between now and then, they might just go ahead and show him the door. But uh, they have the agreement for him just to coach the rest of the way. SEC don't mess around. Auburn did it with uh, was it Gene Chizik or Gus Malzahn, one of the two. I think Gene and, Chizik. Um, I think Gus Malzahn's still there. And then Ed, he's not still there. Really? Um, I don't think so. And then Ed Orgeron now, he's just a year, one seat, you know, a year and a half removed from uh, coaching in the national championship, coaching him to win a national championship, and, and he's already out. So just uh, 
it's funny. The SEC don't mess around. You know, you talk about these big buyout numbers that we can't fire them last year, Coach Fuente, because uh, he's too expensive to fire and this and that. Here's LSU saying, nah, man, get on out. And uh, he knows it. You know, he's, he's negotiating his out because he knows he's got to go. He wants, he wants LSU to be good. You're right. You know? They fired Gus Malzahn at the end of last year. Wow. Yep. In the, in the pandemic year. I just couldn't remember the details of it, but I, I was, I remember talking listening to Feinbaum and them talking about a new coach there. Looking ahead at week eight of the schedule for college, Coastal Carolina on Wednesday night. So if you're just getting this podcast on Wednesday, tonight you got Coastal Carolina, Appy State uh, on ESPN2 on some Wednesday night football there. Uh, Clemson plays Pitt. That's interesting because the name of Clemson and the fact that Pitt's looking to be the best ACC team. Can Clemson's offense finally wake up? I, they're going to need to really wake up against Pitt to win that game. So you could see Clemson lose another one here, which would be interesting. But no ranked-on-ranked matchups this week. So uh, the last two weeks have been great watching college football. Uh, this week, going into it, not as much hype. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. And, and it's just the nature of, you know, it, it can happen that way. And, and there'll be ones the next weekend. Sure. Uh, so this is what I, for all the for all the husbands out there, this is, hey, yeah, let's do that Saturday project. We got it. Let's do it this Saturday. And, you know, be up and around, moving around the house, get the projects done. And then, but, you know, have that TV on just in case there's a, an upset happening. But this is, the, this is the week not to be sitting there watching 12 straight hours of football like I have been so fortunate to do the last two weeks. The last three weeks, hopefully. Uh, only the last two weeks did I do the 12-hour. Wow. Because three weeks ago was a great week, and then there was the week two weeks ago, and then this Saturday I was doing other stuff. Just being honest. Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But on Sunday, 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 Sunday. Man, your Ravens. They look like the class of the AFC up there with the Buffalo Bills. We absolutely punked the L.A. Chargers and Justin Herbert. You had a challenge coming in, and you just smacked them down. That was impressive. Yeah, I I will say, I thought the Chargers coach was getting a little, he was getting a little rough from the broadcasting crew of Gumble and I can't remember who the color commentator was. I want to say Adam Archuleta, maybe. Um, when he went for it at like his own 29-yard line on a fourth and three or a fourth and two or something, and they didn't get it. It was like a 19-point game when he did it. Um. And they're like, I can't believe he's going for it at his own 29-yard line. This is – you got to punt the ball there. But why? So our offense could go down the field and score again? I mean, what's at, – at that point, I'm totally with the Chargers coach. What is the difference in losing by 27 and losing by 19? Or losing yeah. by uh, 12 or whatever it would have been. Like, I'm totally fine with him going for it there. Like – yeah, I'm. I'm never have to be talked into going for it. If there's any kind of decent reason to not punt, I'm with. I'm with. Yeah, it. I mean the mat, the 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 analytics and the the science is actually there to back him up. Probability wise, you have a much better chance of making it than not, and you have a much better chance of winning when you go for it on those fourth and shorts than if you punt the ball and give the other team the ball back, especially with an what offense I- like the Ravens have. One of my projects in the coming week or two is going to be going back to a year ago and two years ago of just all the clips of you just trashing your quarterback and saying how he can't throw the ball 
and how he's so bad. I'm just, I want to find them all, put them all together. It'll just be the podcast one week. It's just Joe saying bad things about Lamar Jackson. He's really been good this year. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but he's been really good this year. He's changed. Now, he did I have. I don't know. I distinctly remember an argument where you were like, he will never win this big game. He'll never win a playoff game. He'll never. And I was just like, I mean, he's young. And he's like, oh, <sighs> he's young now, but you, he's going to be bad. And then you're not going to have anybody around him because. Yeah, I was uh, wrong. You got to pay him and all that. Like, you were just. just we still haven't paid him. How, how stupid are you? How we still haven't he's paid him. He's never going to win a good game. He's never going to win a big game. Well, he won one this week. We he still won haven't last paid year him. When he won the playoffs. Yeah, we still haven't paid him. So there's that. Um, but yeah, he's a lot better of a passer. There was, I mean, the one charger score was set up by a Lamar Jackson interception that for the life of me, I don't know what he was thinking when he threw it, but I mean, he hit the chargers guy right in the chest. You're gonna have interception. You can't like one interception in a game is not like, doesn't mean you lose. No, it helped because we were up, you know, 21 to nothing or whatever at the time. So It stung a lot but, like, less. Quarterbacks but... need to be able to throw the ball, and especially at that level. Like, like Brett Favre threw so many interceptions. They won a lot of games. He won a Super Bowl. Like, you've got to be able – like, some offenses manage it better than others, and you can't be throwing threes interceptions. But, like, you've got to be able to have that ability to put it out on the line and, and sometimes not get it. Like, so, yeah, one interception, don't, meh, don't bother me at all. I wish my quarterback would like threw one interception. Well, Pittsburgh did win, today. though. They he did win. Hey, when Geno Smith gets out there, you just have to hold on for dear life and, and pull out a win, a, a gritty win against the Seahawks and Geno Smith. That's not a good feeling when you're barely beating Geno no. Smith. No, it's not. That's why I keep saying his name. It's just terrible. But they have a bye week this week, and they get to, you know, meditate and think about their life and – how this three and three record isn't what they were planning on having right now. I wasn't expecting six and zero, oh, but I think five and one, four and two was four and two was probably like okay, we'll be all right if we're four and two. So we're not even there. We've looked bad more than we've looked good. We've only looked good once. We looked good against Buffalo, and that was defensively, not even offensively. So uh, they they got to get some stuff figured out. Hopefully the extra week can help them. But you know that's kind of the hope. Like you you battle that internal uh, like. Maybe we should just throw it and <laughs> have a decent, decent draft selection. But there ain't a quarterback to get in the draft this year that makes me excited. So hey. get Pickett right from, from the same stadium. Go to the locker room across the hall. I don't think that's who get you're going to draft. You're going to get that kid from Liberty or you're going to get uh, Spencer Rattler. No, no, no. Spencer Rattler would be a great pick for the Steelers. Um, great Washington. leadership capabilities with Haskins in the same locker room. I mean, gosh, what could go wrong? But um, Washington. Washington hunt around with the Chiefs because that the Chiefs let them. The Chiefs just kind of played around with them for a yeah. quarter or so, and then finally they turned it on. Washington, uh, it wasn't great. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are overrated, but yeah, Washington plays the Packers next. I think if Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears, I, I think just by default he owns the football team too. So, well, I was going to ask you during the bye week: is the main point of emphasis like deciding gorilla tape versus flex shot like what's going to keep big ben together longer i don't i mean i don't have answers here i don't i'm not i don't have the rose colored glasses the black and gold colored glasses it's good because it'd probably be hard to see with black colored glasses my saturdays and sundays are are not 
are not happy football watching times for my teams. I, I enjoy watching the sport and watch other, other teams and watch the storylines, but Friday is where my, uh, my team uh, has a su- success, and then my yeah. team on Saturday and my team on Sunday aren't, aren't very good. Wow. So. That's too bad. All right, so baseball up to the minute updates from where we're at with these playoffs. The Dodgers finally get a win. And uh, they had to come back in this ball game on Tuesday night to beat the Braves. And so now it's 2-1 with the Braves' advantage. And then Boston currently playing. It's the sixth inning as we're watching. Uh, so Boston already up 2-1, trying to go ahead 3-1. I think 3-1, you consider this over. But then obviously, if Houston can come back in this ballgame, 2-2 is, is, is even. So it's anybody's series. So I, I like I cheering Braves and Red Sox no. just because I am because of Stephen Karen cash. But I do like that LA did get a win in here. I want these to go long. I, I'm enjoying these games. There's been some walk-offs. There's been some good storylines. I'm enjoying these playoffs every night. I enjoy these games where there's two games in one night. So I want, I want to have that as long as we can. Yeah. I'm not rooting for Boston. Um, You're rooting for Houston, the cheaters. I got you. Yeah. I'd rather have that. And I'll be honest, part of it is if I can't be happy, then no one can be happy. Um, but another part of it is I rooted for Boston to beat the Yankees. That's one thing. But wanting them to win anything else is completely different. And that's rooting for Boston sports teams in general. No. Not the Bruins, not the Celtics. Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. Not I'm the Patriots. My, my, my friend, my my other friend, you know, I claim you as a friend. So my other friend, eh, he's a Boston fan. So I'm, I'm rooting for his happiness. So No. Um, but then in all, I'm rooting for his wife's happiness because she's a Braves fan. And I'm hoping they take the whole thing. Yeah. They I mean, own all those good players and still win the thing. Look, there's investment opportunities if the Dodgers win. If the Braves win, that's fine too. Um, but I will say in it's 2-1 Atlanta. But that loss tonight kind of felt like a series-changing game. Like, Atlanta had them on the ropes, about to go up 3-0 in the series, and choked it. Absolutely choked Every it. Every game has been a one-run game. Yeah, but that one felt different. I don't know, man. That one felt I different. I'm, just, I'm telling you, if L.A. runs off four straight, I wouldn't be shocked. Wasn't L.A. up to begin with in that game? Uh, yeah, they were up two zero, two nothing. But yeah, then they were down five to two, and they it, they had a three run homer. They had a three run homer that was yeah, absolutely was. just. I don't know what the manager was thinking making the pitching change there because the other guy seemed to be rolling right along. But so you whatever. just think LA just takes it from here? I do. I think it might be four straight. Okay, I I don't at all. No, we'll so see. when the Braves win a game, I I will be right. It'll be good. I kind of hope they don't now. <laughs> See, Wednesday, and this is where we- it's different. I have a friend who's a Braves fan, and I very much enjoyed the group text tonight because he's losing his mind. And it makes me laugh. And look, did I contribute to that maybe a little bit? Maybe. Maybe when that home run happened, maybe I texted, uh-oh. And then when the Dodgers got the lead, maybe I texted, this feels like a series-losing game and or a series-changing game. 
and maybe that fed into his insecurities about the Atlanta Braves already. And maybe he I mean, texted me, if the Braves lose this series, they should fire their manager. I don't know. Who, who's pitching next for the Dodgers? That, that, that's going to be part of my wondering here. Maybe it doesn't matter. But maybe it does. Like <laughs> the same, the same maybe can mean the opposite. Like <laughs> I think it does matter that I mean they got Urias coming in. He has an 18 ERA here in the playoffs. It's you know it's good. Um, okay, but in the regular know. season he was really good. The Braves but don't the even Braves... have a pitcher. They haven't named him. Urias was 20-3 and three with a sub-3 ERA in the regular season. I'll take Urias. Did they already hit him once? Who, or have they not? He hadn't pitched already. It's been quite the series already. I'll take Urias. They hit, they hit Scherzer tonight. I just, I just like, off of I, uh, all of them have been one-run games. Like, I don't, I don't know how you're just, oh, this seems like a series changing. Like, how about you know, multiple grand slams in a game like Boston's done. That seems like a game changer. And then, no, I know. agree. I th- Houston's in trouble. Houston's in trouble. Like, Even if they I'm, win I'm, this game, I still think Houston's in trouble. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, because they're behind already, but I mean, it's even if they win this game. So, and I still think they're in trouble, even if it's even. <sighs> yeah. Just I because you, I, I haven't liked the way this series has gone if I'm a Houston Astros fan. One, because you're behind in the series, but two, the way you've lost the games is troubling. They haven't had a starter, and I think tonight was the first time they had a starter go longer than three innings. That's not good. But in either direction, no lead is safe. I mean, there's been there's been big swings of of power in here, and, and Houston finally showing it last game. So it'll it'll be something there. All right, let's get out of this block. Let's let's just jump to the D block. All right, we are back with the D block and Leland. Let's get into it. Um, I'll talk about with uh, what is dominating my life: Champions League, soccer, Liverpool. Down two one today, came back to win it three to two. Atletico Madrid got a red card in the second half. And then it was a penalty for Mo Salah late in the match to bring home the 3-2 victory at Atletico Madrid. A huge win for Liverpool. They've won all the games in the group stage the first time through. Getting ready to go through again. Oh, my gosh, this team. Good, good. I saw they won 5 nothing the other day. That was pretty big. That was against Watford. Yeah, we lit Watford up. Mo Salah had a hat trick. Mo Salah is really good. Big fan of Mo Salah. Can't get enough of them. And every year, you know, they do this thing where he's Mo, like, uh, Mo Salah, that's good. Yeah, I want Mo, Mo Salah. Mo Salah, yeah. But every year they do this thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, Real Madrid would really, you know, they're he's rumored to be going to Real Madrid. And Brad, my brother, was doing this thing at the wedding we went to. He's like, oh, man, Real Madrid really wants Salah. And I'm like, they want him every year. What are they going to do? Rob a bank? They've got no money. They're not going to be able to pay him. They might, though. I'm I am less worried this year than I have they been in the past. They might rob a bank. Oh, Real Madrid, they might. I mean, you yeah. do have some Seems on brand. Going to uh interesting sports topics that if you like the sports business world, you should look into the Newcastle buy that happened uh recently in the Premier League because the Newcastle United Club some beer over there? 
Well, they were bought by uh, the Saudi Arabian family. Um, and, of course, they're, how we say, mm, not the cleanest money in the world. They've maybe got some human rights violations on their hands. And now they're involved in sports the same way Man City, who has uh, the, the UAE. Uh, there are other clubs that have shady business owners from foreign countries. And it goes back to this problem of like these foreign people coming in and investing, and some of the ways they get their money is not great. And kind of like we in America deal, we focus mainly on the players' aspect when we have people with checkered pasts on the player side. Here, it's with the owner side and the fans and how they grapple with that. Like, we really want to win. But do we want to win so badly that these people who commit these atrocities, we will look the other way? So far, the answer's been yes. Um, we, like Maybe I said... Maybe they thought they were just getting some brown ale. Maybe they, they just thought they were getting some... I don't think that's what they thought. They got mixed um, up. But I think they saw the success that the United Arab Emirates has had for their global brand owning a top Premier League soccer team, and now they want some of that. Um, but, again, it's just one of these things that uh, you follow the money. That's what sports has become about, is about money. So that's something interesting to look into if you're interested in the sports business side. What's dominating my life is that it's solidly fall, so I get to blow a lot of leaves around my house because I live up in the woods. But we also have a family tradition that started as just a me and Stephanie tradition, uh, but now you know we've created more people to join us for this. Is the fall drive? We usually go up onto a mountain somewhere and see some good views and see some foliage. Not that I don't see a bunch of foliage in my own yard, but it's always a nice day and a nice drive. We did that this weekend. Uh, and then we also have a lot of prep for Halloween coming. Um, we're not, uh, for the second year in a row, we're not getting the kids out of the house on Halloween. We're trying to get some more kids over and setting up a, uh, you know, situation in the backyard where there's, people can be social and there can be some candy getting back there. So we're excited about Halloween. So it's Halloween craft projects nonstop in my house. And that's basically just means me carry something heavy to somewhere so then someone else can make it look real good. And uh, I'll have a lot more of that in the next two weeks. So, but just solidly fall and, uh, but it's been good. I always like that drive. So I wanted to at least mention that. And uh, Hey, but the big thing is little league basketball signups were today. I signed them up. I got two girls in, in basketball now, and I'm hoping to at least coach one of their teams, if not both, uh, or at least help on both. And so I'm looking forward to that. So, you know, falls here when we're getting ready for basketball season starting in November, and it's going to be good. Well, there you go. That sounds awesome. We'll see if Team Black can get it going again. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I don't – coaching two different teams might be a lot, but – I, yeah, different age groups, obviously. Uh, yeah, but, um, no, I, I'm aware of that. I'm saying that sounds like a lot, as in like a lot of time. But yeah, I wish you the best. As I sit for 12 hours watching football on other Saturdays, I make up for it in Little League <laughs> Saturdays during the winter. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. And I invite 
friends over to curse the TV with me. Uh, I have to make up for it somehow. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, yeah, I but we have a good nuts. time when we do that. I mean, my goodness. I don't, I have never laughed that hard during a Virginia Tech loss in my life. <laughs> Get you positive. Um, all right. What I know that you need to know is something I wish I would have mentioned last week, but I'm glad I didn't because there was more positive. Ferrum, the college football team, they have some local guys there, including Riverhead's former star, Zach Smiley, as a freshman, getting a good amount of carries, 10-plus carries every game, uh, getting about 40 yards a game, uh, scored uh, touchdowns two weeks ago against Randolph-Macon and the last week against Bridgewater. Uh, so I know a lot of people were up there at Bridgewater watching the local star uh, perform well up there, and they've won a bunch of games. They're 5-1, and 2-1 and one in the conference. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, they have a big showdown with Washington and Lee at Washington and Lee. So you haven't missed your chances. If you're listening and want to see Zach Smiley performing at the next level, you can go down here, there and watch him, and he'll probably get some carries right in front of your face. Other local kids on that team, Christian Sorrells from Fort Defiance. He's an offensive line player that we covered. Uh, he's also a freshman. He played a little bit against uh, the apprentice school a couple weeks ago. And then Hunter Campbell, the good punter that they had, he's down there and he's on the, and the kicking special teams unit down there and uh, hasn't got any opportunities yet, but he's on the roster and, and getting better. So uh, a couple numbers to watch out for there. Uh, Zach, number 12, uh, Sorrells, number 50, and Campbell, number 20. If you do make it out to one of those games, you can watch out for them. But, uh, yeah, it was it's cool to hear about these kids and, and just being a Riverheads guy and hearing uh, other Riverheads people talk about Zach Smiley performing so well is what alerted me to this a week ago. And uh, so I was happy to uh, talk about it this week, and, and we'll keep track of him. And I and I need to do better looking back at some of these other guys. I know uh, Darius is wrapping up at Marshall, so I want to I want to look at that this year too. So uh, we got some local guys that we we both covered on the radio that we want to catch up with here and, and see how they're doing at the at the next level. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And um, you know, I think anytime we have kids from our area playing in college, and no matter what level it is, seeing them have success oh, yeah. is awesome. And Obviously, we root for that, especially when they're not playing our schools. Um, but really, Virginia Tech. Even I mean. then, even then, I like. I still root for those kids to perform well, and I, you know, maybe not, you know, just trash my school, but yeah, I, I root for those kids to play well. Yeah, I mean, look, is it going to be hard to root for Tyler Nickel now that he went to UNC? Yeah. Um, when maybe, he's not playing us, it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, when he's playing Virginia Tech, I'll root for him to get zero points, zero boards, and five fouls in two minutes. But, um, yeah, whatever. That's his choice. He didn't want to win an ACC championship. That's not what he's about. That's fine. He, he chose North Carolina. What do you know that I need to know? I'm surprised I didn't get a reaction out of you. Um, <laughs> Let it pass. <laughs> Stay in positive. I already got all negative. I'm getting them back up. Yeah, I was positive about Virginia Tech basketball. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of, yeah. Mike We're all good at basketball. Future. We got a preview coming in a couple weeks. But uh, what I know that you need to know is that uh, talking about the Dodgers-Giants series, I want to go back to that. Uh, and I guess I don't know it, but I feel like kind of like the Fuente thing, it's just right, it's written on the wall, and it's just some people haven't seen it yet. Um, that call to end that series, oh, yeah. to end that yep. game, a phenomenal game. 
and to to end it on a check swing that was so obvious. The only person in the stadium who thought it was a swing was that first base umpire. Only one. I just think that the the day that we replace umpires with like a robotic strike zone and we review everything. I just think that day's coming. Baseball's going to have to be taken into the 21st century kicking and screaming, but that the technology is there and these umpires are doing it to themselves. I think the MLB umpires association, if they actually wanted to keep umpires would defend the bad ones less. You just, if you want to keep umpires in general, you got to get rid of the bad ones. You got to look at them and be able to say, that guy is not good at his job. He's got to go because we don't want to be embarrassed on a national stage. It happens during the regular season all the time. That happened in a huge moment in a huge playoff series. And honestly, I know the Dodgers are down 2-1 to the Braves. I still think the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. And if the Giants had won that game, I would have felt like the Giants probably would have won the World Series. I think the two best teams in baseball played in that game, in that series. And for it to end like that, is truly a crime because it was such a great series to watch. Yeah, I got, I don't I'm not going to argue with you. Like I don't disagree. I hate that a bad call ends the game. But it's also the same logic of like a bad call is a bad call whenever it happens in a game and that's and that's why But that one that quite call, literally ended the game. Yeah. I'm 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 reinforcing your point here though. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> that call being reviewable <laughs> immediately, like it, it just should be. Like, I don't understand whether that call happens in the second inning or in the bottom of the ninth, why there's, there's a simple logic to that rule. And with how obvious that video was, I just, I don't see why you just can't review it. I don't see why you can't get it right. I just, I hate rules that keep you from getting it right. I hate the criteria surrounding replay where it gets in the way of getting it right. And so there's, there's gotta be a fix to that. And by the time everybody argues about it and does this and that you can get a review done. And so, and that's the thing in baseball and these ones that can't be reviewed, they get argued about three times as long with the review. We have less of these long arguments. Hey, review that, review that thing. They review it. It might take a minute, but then it's over. And then, Maybe there's a quick discussion, but then you move on. And we're seeing less, you know, dirt kicked on home plate and less, you know, yelling, biting someone's nose off while you're yelling at them. So I, I just, I hate, I hate that idea of these rules when and when you can't use replay getting in the way of getting it right. And I think it goes back to the NFL adjusting their rules and saying we can review these past interference rules because that game ended uh, between Minnesota and the Saints in and on a bad call with uh well okay uh sorry i'm mixing up it was la yeah it was the rams and the saints Mm -hmm. that ended on a bad lack of pass interference call so it's just it's interesting of course baseball is going to be the last to to buy into you know basketball changes their rule sometimes i feel like they change nba rules at mid-season yeah (laughs) based on what's happening because nba is the youngest and you know really wanting that young audience and they want to make sure they're not going to get jaded with with the bureaucracy and the and the and the things they can't control and then you have the nfl that 
cares enough that they, they make adjustments after the season's over, but they do, they do, you know, catch up eventually. And then there's baseball that it's like last, to, uh, last to the party for instant replay and last to the party on anything else. And there's still all these, well, we can review this, but we can't review that. And it's just, it's baseball. And that's why it's going to die first. Yeah. And again, to me, it's just, it's mind boggling. I mean, there was even a scenario in the Braves, uh, Brave series against the Cardinals where the guys, or excuse me, not the Cardinals, the Brewers, uh, a player dives for a ball and they call it a catch. And then they say, it looks like he may have trapped it, but they can't review it because, oh, well, it happened in front of the bases. Well, why does it matter if it happens in front of the bases or in the outfield or in foul ground or fair ground or wherever? Why isn't it reviewable, period? Oh, that's right, because it's baseball and because they're dumb. I mean, I love baseball, but honestly, every time I think about it, like baseball has more problems than any other sport, and it's because they don't get out of their own way. Right. I mean, they put themselves in the way so often. Yeah. Just like actively, like, let's make it worse. All right, it's been a good episode of Yak Sports Podcast. You got to hear me rant, which is not something you hear every week. I, I even, I think I just shut Joe up with all my ranting. I know. Uh, so you're welcome, everyone. We still got to listen to soccer later, but hey, I did my part, and I, I kept us a little bit of rant of, out of Joe's mouth this week. We, we still got a good amount of it. Uh, and hopefully we don't just dwell on this every week because hopefully we're moving towards a resolution in Blacksburg. Uh it is important to make sure you are uh, subscribed to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify in case we throw in an extra podcast here or there or let loose a podcast a week early. But uh, we do have uh, – you can follow us on Yak Sports Pod on Twitter and on Facebook or email us, yaksportspod at gmail. Feel free to argue with us whenever and always make sure – that you're listening to whatever Joe wants to talk about because that's the only time I let him just talk about whatever. I designed the show other than the deep block where he can talk about soccer or F1 racing that's happening this week that he's all excited about. It's in just, Texas. In Texas. Ooh. So that's, <laughs> we'll be back next week with more F1 and soccer updates because that's what you're all here for. We'll talk to you next week on the Xbox podcast. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.